Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 41. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, and download your Filler Up book today. It's free at CarsYeah.com. Hello, automotive enthusiast. I'm extremely excited to introduce my very special guest today, Tony Singer. Tony, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. Great to have you here. Tony Singer is owner of VintageAutoPosters.com. This is a unique company that sells authentic, original automotive art from the past. Tony's been involved in painting and design since he was a kid, and he ran a printing business for over 20 years all the while collecting sports cars and related memorabilia. In 1980, he started his second business, Spider Enterprises, where he bought and sold vintage automotive posters, and Tony soon gained a reputation for being the premier source for original vintage automotive posters worldwide. He's particularly fond of 356 Porsches, and he's owned one since 1971. Tony started Automobilia Monterey, an international expo of automotive dealers that is a permanent part of the Pebble Beach Concours and Vintage Race Weekend in August. So, Tony, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a little bit of time and share some more about your history, your business, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, I've, I've, as you said, been a painter uh, since I was a child. And aesthetics have always played a part in anything and everything that I've done from childhood onward. When I was in high school, I saw three five sixes uh, that I know of uh, and and recognize uh, a green uh, C cabriolet and a and a slate gray uh, C coupe, and he's just sort of stuck in my mind. And I remember when I was in college, University of Denver, in the 60s, the only cars that really could perform in the hills were Porsches and Corvettes. And since I seem to have a a penchant for German cars, um, I went in the direction of Porsche. And they've been a part of my life for for more than 40-some-odd years. As you had said, I was in the printing business for my entire career. Uh, left that in 1997. In the midst of all that, was very much involved with owning some really, really neat old sports cars and some race cars. And around 1980, some of the elements started to come together because I was collecting posters and I was buying parts and stuff like that for sports cars, Porsche mostly, and also doing some restorations. I, I in fact, did a, a very famous 
550 Spider back between 1975 and 78 that in, I think it was 1984, became part of uh, Ralph Lauren's collection. Oh, wow. And, and, it's, and it's the Porsche that he has chosen at both museum shows uh, out of his collection of Porsches to be his chosen Porsche, oh. which I, I take great pride in. Oh, yeah. My poster business ended up, once I started collecting all this stuff and was like, I had so many, what am I going to do with these? Um, I, I realized that there was this sort of common theme going on between the, the aesthetics, the design, and the execution, the printing of these posters, that they were cars, and it was this sort of perfect storm of all of these things, the, the three things that were so important to me were all in one thing. And once I got out of the printing world in the late 90s, really started to focus a lot of attention on these, buying them and selling them. And since moving to California and setting up vintageautoposters.com as a website where I could have these visible, the, the, the business has just exploded. And, you know, in the, in, the, in the 80s and 90s, if you can imagine, I was literally sending out black and white typed lists of posters. Now, how would anybody know what something looked like unless they happened to know what it was? And then you'd have somebody request a photo, and you'd send the photo, and, oh, gee, it wasn't that one, it was this one, and back and forth and back and forth. Sales were a challenge. But once a website was put together, and I'm extremely proud of mine because it's so easy to navigate, it made transacting business so much easier so that, like, you and I could be on the phone together on the site, we'd be looking at things, gee, I like this, or I don't like that, or I want this brand, or what, and everything was right in front of you. Fantastic. And it's true, I've enjoyed your site for many years, and I enjoyed seeing you down at the show in Monterey and looking at the spectacular pieces of artwork that you have for sale and wishing that I could buy so many of them. But the nice thing about your story was, what Cars Yeah is all about, and that's inspiring automotive enthusiasts. You took your passions and combined them and created a business out of them, and that's spectacular. And what a fun story as it continues today. As we continue on your journey, Tony, I'd like you to share a success quote with our listeners, something that's been instrumental in forming your success in your life and your business. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Tony, take the wheel. Well, there was, in my printing business, lots of challenges. We were a, a company that was growing from basically being a mom-and-pop social printer and evolved into running five- and six-color, 40-inch Heidelberg presses. And something that came about in the very early days, in, in the 70s, that stuck with me and has been sort of my motto of that business and Spider Enterprises and Vintage Auto Posters 
and even Automobilia Monterey. And, and that phrase is performance, not promises. Spectacular. And how, how have you incorporated that into your business? Oh, that's, that's actually pretty easy for me because what ends up happening is more times than not, I will get people who respond to receiving a poster from me. I had no idea it was this spectacular. Mm. To me, it, it, I, I know that it's an easy phrase that's thrown around, oh, exceeding people's expectations. But I think that if you truly get beyond the concept of, oh, gee, I'm going to try to or, or, or strive to do this, if, it, if you perform You're, you're not, in effect, promising. You're actually making this thing happen. And I don't care whether it's selling printing in my world or, or selling posters or putting together Automobilia Monterey. People know that if I'm involved, I'm performing, and it's going to be at a level that they would want or even much higher. Well, I can tell the listeners, because I've been to that event many times over the years, that it is a wonderful event. And if you have a chance to go there, you've got to go there and you've got to visit Tony and his booth and look at the posters because they are just tremendous works of art. To call them posters is really uh, doing them a disservice almost because they are really works of art. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Would you share with us, Tony, a story of when your passion for cars was really ignited. Tell us that pivotal moment when you really knew you were a car guy. Actually, that's reasonably easy. There were two of them, but the first one really was, I was in Denver. I had graduated college. This is in 1971, and I was selling advertising in a magazine. And I had gone to the local Porsche dealership, which I had frequented as a student. They, by the way, are the ones, this is Vern, at that time, it was, I think it was called Vern Hagstead. They had given any, any kid who would walk in a poster, and this was like sort of planting the seed. <laughs> it, that was in the 60s. But in, in, in any case, so here I am in 1971, and I'm there to sell them some advertising, which they didn't buy. But on my way in, I'm walking through the parking lot, and there is this just gorgeous ruby red with black 1963 Super 90 Coupe. Mm. And I'm looking at this car, and it's like, wow, that's really, really neat. And it had like 42,000 miles on it. So it was an eight-year-old car, 42,000 miles. So I walk in, I, I do my bit, they turn me down, I walk back out, I'm looking at the car, and this man walks up to me and says, you like it? I said, yeah, it's really nice. He says, well, I'm selling it, this is on a Tuesday, by the way, I'm selling it because I'm buying some land up in Evergreen, and it's going to be in the Denver Post this weekend, starting Saturday or whatever it was. So we exchanged information, you know, phone number and, and all. I said, well, let me do some investigation. I don't really know 
that much about him, but let me do some digging. And he told me he told me his price, and I said, okay. He says, it's not negotiable, that's the price. Okay. So this just had my head spinning. <laughs> and the long and the short of it is, on Friday, I owned that car. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> what an interesting happenstance situation where you were there on business and it set, so it must have been fate. I think it was, and it, it ended up being this entree into the local Porsche club, which was still very 356-oriented, even though obviously the 911s were coming in and sort of taking over, but there was still this core group. I am still in contact with some of those people that I met back in 1971. Oh, isn't that great? It's, that's what's great about car clubs and car people is you right. can really form relationships. That's great. Tony, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and really crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty. Would you share with our listeners a huge challenge or even a big failure you had in your business or your career that really pushed you to a breaking point? But more importantly, how did you overcome the situation? I, I would say that there was a point in my career in, in printing, which is really where the greatest challenges were for me. We were starting to have some problems, uh, financial cash flow. One of the, the, the presses that we had, our, uh, our, um, I think it was our sixth color, we were, starting to gonna, we were gonna be starting to be late on payments. And I, I shouldn't say that, I beg your pardon. We, we had a stepped level of payment, so for the first year or two it was this level, then it went up, then it went up, and I knew that that next increment I was not going to be able to do, that I wanted to delay it a bit. I wasn't going to stop paying. Okay, so Heller Financial, these charming people from Chicago, come out and see me and see my plan and interview all my people and look at my books and the whole routine. And they go away. They, they spent two days of this. They go away, and I'm sweating bullets. Uh, they call me back two more days later, and they said, well, we can't do that. Mm. You're, you're going to have to just, you know, bite the bullet. And I don't know what came over me, but I said, you know what? You're right. Take my press. <laughs> Call the bluff. <laughs> and guess what? I never heard from them again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I paid the way I could pay. They were getting money. And it was back to this sort of uh, a level of performance. In other words, I, I, I wasn't stopping. I just couldn't move it up because business was really, really tough in those days. And it, it was just, it was one of those sort of brinkmanship type events in my life that um, it, it still sends shivers down my spine when I think about it. That, that, you know, I mean, they could have put me out of business, but what would they have gotten out of it? They would have gotten a press back, which th then they would sell for pennies on the dollar, They'd have no cash flow. 
instead of some instead of good cash flow. So it there was just a lot of lessons to be learned, both in terms of my being able to play this brinkmanship game, but also the the, the concept of having money moving is better than nothing, which when I think about what's gone on in the past few years with the housing thing, it's like why these banks were in such a rush to pull the plug when they could have had something happening as opposed to nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just my twist on it. But. Uh, yeah, no, we, we won't go down that path because <laughs> both of our blood will start boiling. But uh, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Let's shift gears here, Tony, and go to the other end of the spectrum and share a moment when you had an aha moment in your career, uh, specifically with your poster business, if that's possible, a time when you really realized that, you know what, I really got something here. This is a real business. And um, what steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success? What what had happened in the years prior to about... 2004 or so, maybe 2005, is that I would go to shows, people would, you know, ooh and ah over the posters, sometimes they'd buy them, sometimes they didn't, but people really appreciated what was there, and they knew it was a different mix, that it was, it was, I was dealing with only vintage things, I was trying my very, very best as I learned to just be dealing with 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 original stuff, frankly, uh, a, a lady friend who was in the in, in the computer world said to me, "Tony, you you're missing it. If people can't see this, you're you're just you're 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 fighting a losing battle. I mean, not that I was losing money, but I really wasn't bringing this business." to to a level that it could be Th- that in effect was this aha moment that she saw the business from a different perspective and realized the power of the internet for my type of business that anybody anywhere at any time can go to my site and see everything that I've got it was a transforming moment for, for that business. Fantastic. Let's have a little fun here and talk about your first really special car. And perhaps it was that 356 Porsche that you mentioned. What kind of adventures or, or fun memories do you have of that first real special car you owned? Well, the first special car is that 63 Super 90 Coupe. And I, I was its caretaker for nearly 30 years, and I would say the thing that stood out with that car for me was that it became this focal point for me that so much of my life was revolving around cars, and I didn't, I sort of didn't know it until it happened, but once I was in it, I realized I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> and and it was just it just was so much a part of my growing up from from the time I was 22 until the time I was you know almost 52 and 
you know, I mean, I remember at, at one point, it, this was in in the in the later seventies. I had come back to New York, went into my family's business, and had taken it over. But it's like on on the weekends, I would go out out east on Long Island to into what they call the North Shore, and I'd just be driving my car and dreaming that maybe someday I might live out there. <laughs> and I'm somebody who really sets goals, both short-term, intermediate, and long-term, and I'm doing it all the time. That stopped being a long-term and shifted to a, to a middle-term uh, goal, and I achieved it. That's spectacular. What a, what a great story. That's wonderful. Now let's go to the other end and talk for a minute about seller's remorse. Is there a car that you have sold that you really wished you had back? Oddly enough, even with all the great cars that I've had, because I was, God, I was involved with, with Ferraris for a very long time, front engine V12 cars and, and all. I, I would say that that, that the answer to that question is two cars, probably. One is certainly my Super 90 Coupe, and the other was a, um, a Ferrari 275 alloy-bodied GTB 6-carb, and it was one of two cars that Kennedy special-ordered from the factory. And I had that car for... 13 or 14 years. I think it's, I, I had this bee in my bonnet that I ha- wanted to have a short wheelbase California Spider, and I, I traded the car away, and I, I really regretted doing that. Even to this day, I have these amazingly fond memories of that car in that time. And the weird thing is, is that I was able to buy my car back about five or six years after I had sold it. In that intervening period, the fellow that I had traded it to sold it to a very well-known restorer, a guy who loves to do cars to the absolute nines, did a color change, which I thought actually improved the car, but they also did, they went through the engine, they went through the suspension, they, they went through everything. What I loved about the old car, the old way that it was, is that you would get in it and this car was just so amazingly responsive. And what I got back years later, it looked the same. It didn't feel the same. Mm. It's just, it's difficult to tell, but, you know, you, you, you know what a car is and isn't by your two hands and your behind. <laughs> and, and between those, th- those sensory points, y- you know whether it's right or wrong, and you know whether it is what it was or it's something now different. I, I regret the, losing the old car, but the car that I got back, I didn't even keep it for seven or eight months and sold it. Well, 
Those enthusiasts who are listening right now, I think they know exactly what you're talking about, that uh, the bones had changed, if you will. Right. So, great. And it's it's interesting. Let me just say one more thing. Sure. There have been a number of cars that I have owned, sold, bought back, and there's that great expression, you can never go home again. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that our memories can really play tricks on us because we just remember the wonderful things and a lot of times and the, the fun times we had with the cars and all. And a lot of times what you get back doesn't match your memory. Yes, yes. I think I agree with you completely, and I hear this over and over from people. And even to the point of some people will say, oh, I sold the car too soon. It's worth so much more now. But more so, you can't go back. You just have to remember the car, remember the experiences, and move forward. So uh, Ayrton Senna has a great quote. The past is just data. I only see the future. So I always think about that quote of his right, when you think right. about old and, cars. And, and, you know, I, people get wound up and, and, and ask me, oh, gee, don't you regret selling your spider? It's worth so much money. And, frankly, if, if you're making moves, whether it's one move or you've sold many cars or whatever it is, but if you're making a move to what you believe is a better spot for whatever the reason, you can't drive yourself crazy with, oh, I should have held on to it. You know, it's now worth X. Well, if you held on to it, there are many other experiences you wouldn't have had. Perfect. Perfect. I love that. That's a great way to think about it. Tony, is there a current project that you're working on right now that really has you excited in your business? In my business? Well, it could be with a car. I think the thing that's that's been car-wise, I've been I have been chasing a car for for a number of years. A local guy, actually regional, up, up in San Mateo, had this just amazing. 59A sunroof coupe. And when I saw this car years and years ago, I said to him, look, if you ever think about selling this, I'd love to buy your car. And it took a long time. I was very patient. But I kept my name in the game. And he never entertained selling it to anyone else. And about Four or five months ago, I got that car. Oh, awesome. And I am absolutely nuts for this car. It was worth the wait. It was worth the wait. And relative to the poster world, for me, I have seen my business and the things that excite my eye, which is the only way I buy, things that excite my eye, that has now and has been shifting in the past five to ten years to a lot more in the way of what I call pre-war, 1895 to 1950. The, The art, the execution, the printing techniques are just amazing to me. 
and this is just it continues to be this evolving experience that that i mean i'm i i love my business i absolutely love whether it's buying them or selling them because people come to you you're not a doctor you're not a shrink you're not you're not anything like that you are somebody that people come to because for whatever reason they find joy in the same thing that you find joy in and they're buying it and and putting it in their environment that they're going to see all the time obviously must be bringing them joy yeah. and that's just such a kick to me sounds like you've found nirvana now, yeah. t- now tony here's an interesting question if you were a car what kind of car would you be and why oh well that's really easy i'd be a porsche 356 <laughs> which is pretty obvious with 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 this whole conversation but i would say to you the 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 single reason why is that they epitomize balance. They're not too much power. They're not too much this, too much that. They're not too heavy. What they are is light, agile, great brakes, great steering, and you know as long as you can find one that has structural integrity. I can't think of anything better, and that's that's what I'd want to be. <laughs> perfect. And that's, what I'd... <laughs> that's perfect. Okay, Tony, we're up to the last lap here, and this is okay. where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready to go? Sure. All right. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Buy the very best car you can afford. Mm, that's a good one. I like that. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? It's a saying that I developed back in the early 70s, and it goes like this. Don't go to the candy store without money in your pocket. <laughs> or the car dealership. <laughs> well, it, 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 the candy store could be any store. Yep. Yep, but but the the concept is is that if you can't go there and execute, you're in trouble. Yep, yeah, it just gets frustrating. Do you have a resource that you would like to share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Perhaps it's a website or a newsletter you get. Well, I I, I love my own website, and um, I also get Sports Car Digest, which I think is really wonderful. Mm, okay, yeah, that's a great one. Tony, is there a book you've recently read that you'd like to share with our listeners, something you really enjoyed? I think one of the greatest books ever done, coming back to Porsche, um, is a book that the factory did in around the summer of 1960, and it's called Liebe zu ihm, for the love of him. Hmm. And it is people all over the world who sent in photographs to Christophorus magazine and they chose to use these photos and make this book. And it absolutely brings you back to the day, to the late 50, to the mid, early, and, 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 and late 50s. And it's just, it's an amazing book. 
Is it a book that people can still find, maybe? Do you have to go through uh, dealers or eBay? Dealers. Dealers, Dealers. okay, great. In fact, I believe Christophers did something like that online not too long ago where people sent in pictures and told stories about their cars. That could well be. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Well, listeners, you can find all these resources that Tony has shared with us at carsyad.com slash Tony Singer. So, Tony, we're up to the checkered flag. This last question can be a challenge for some people. I have a feeling it may not be for you, but <laughs> we'll see. I like to call it a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, something you couldn't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, and money was no object, what would that car be and why? I'd probably, on a practical basis, come back to a 356, but on an impractical basis, it would be a Ferrari 250 short wheelbase Bertolonetta. Mm, wonderful. I've been fortunate enough to be on the Colorado Grand a couple of times with a friend of mine from L.A. who has one that mm. is really dialed in. And if you're willing to drive the speeds that they do on the Grand, I don't believe there's a better car, period. Wow, that must have been great fun. What a wonderful experience. Well, Tony, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories and learning more about you. Thanks for sharing your journey with our listeners. If you could give them one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 356 or Ferrari, and then let listeners know what's the best way for them to learn more about you and your business, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, my websites are the best way to learn about me. If you want one piece of advice or a, or a parting thought, it's really simple. Buy what you love. <laughs> Perfect. And you mentioned websites, plural. Do you have several different websites? Well, it would be vintageautoposters.com, and then it would also be automobiliamonterey, all one word, dot com. Perfect. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything that Tony shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Tony Singer. Just pop Tony into the search bar and his show notes page will pop up. And if you're down in Monterey in August, please stop by his booth and look at some of the amazing art and say hello to Tony and said, hey, I heard you on Cars Yeah. Tony, thank you for being so generous with your time today, your expertise and sharing your experiences and your journey with us. Until we talk again, we'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.